Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company's podcast. So many people write in and ask about the entrepreneur stories, and we like to dig into it here on this podcast. We do what we call pulling the curtain back and showing people what it's like real life. And so today, I'm so excited to have an entrepreneur on. We're going to talk about uh, business, business as a woman, and just innovating and, and taking the opportunity, taking the risk. So with me today is Carly Sotella Moore. She is the founder of Wigs.com, and th- we have gotten connected through a friend of a friend. This is going to be so cool. You know, this friend of mine, Deirdre from from uh, Women Worldwide, she was like, oh, you've got to have Carly's on your on your podcast. And absolutely, when it comes with a recommendation like that, I certainly am going to have this conversation. So Carly's, thank you for coming on and welcome to the show. Hi, Priscilla. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be really fun. And this is really, uh, you know, we, we deal about 50% of the time we talk about market research. And then the other 50, we talk about marketing and entrepreneurship and company culture and then some other oddities because I'm a little bit quirky and sometimes we might talk about something interesting. But to kick things off for you, I'm going to tell you a little funny story about Little Bird Marketing, Carly's. Mm-hmm. We have a birthday rule here. So whenever it's someone's birthday, they get to say, okay, here's the one rule everybody has to follow for the day. And just recently, it was Colton's birthday here, and he made all of us wear a wig the whole day to work. So How fun. <laughs> so we wish, we wish we would have known you before that. We probably would have looked a lot better. So did you go with a different color, or did oh, you stay yeah. true to, oh, good, oh, yeah. anything fun? Uh, yeah, I did. I, like, totally Lady gaga it, like, big, long, blonde wig. It was nice. It was really fun. And the funny thing is, I can't believe we're talking because so many of my actual friends are probably cracking up because I'm a huge wig fan. And oh, me too. I'm always telling people, I'm like, wouldn't that be great if that just became normal, that we all just... We don't have to do our hair every day. We just put it back and we can put a different wig on every day. And well, they all look at me strange. It, well, you know, and, and it's because I think there's such an old um, correlation with wigs and, you know, being elderly or losing your hair or even sickness. And that th- thankfully with the celebrities and we, we're like lemmings sometimes in the U.S. and we just follow these celebrities wherever they go. And so many of the celebrities of all ages are really into wigs because you can't just change your hair from one day to the next and have a new color or a new style without wigs. And Mm -hmm. so it's really nice that, that it's just becoming more and more. So you're not, you're not far-fetched and your friends, um, you know, maybe you're the, you're the, uh, trendsetter in your friend group, but it's, it's definitely, um, something that we're seeing the growth of the non, um, need-based wig wearers is, is huge. Yeah. And just for me, I've got plenty of hair, but I love to wear wigs. I feel sassy as a redhead. It changes my, my, my little attitude sometimes mm-hmm. when I have a different wig on, I get flirted with a little more with a certain color. I get, it's just interesting <laughs> yeah. how the hair, different colors and styles can change your personality. Oh, I love it. Well, we're going to pull the curtain back a little bit of, on the entrepreneurship and just hear a little bit more of your story. So uh, Carly's actually co-founded wigs.com and the mission mm-hmm. is actually really providing high quality products, obviously, best expertise about alternative hair. 
mm-hmm. but I got to say, you, you, she is now one of the largest uh, online hair and wigs retailers in the world. And yes. she has over 3 million people coming to uh, her websites, including wigs.com and hairextensions.com. So mm-hmm. no small feat. So we want to hear a little bit about your story um, and how you how you founded this, because it started in 1999 just in a spare bedroom. So tell us a little bit yes. about your entrepreneurial journey. Well, um, honestly, we were my my then friend and now business partner and I were really looking to catch a niche market that just hadn't been tapped into on the Internet back Back then, everything was, you know, all the big ticket items and the big pieces of the retail pie were being attacked. But the niche portion of the retail pie just wasn't represented online well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how it got started. Wigs was just a, um, honestly, a, a lucky break because it just fell right into all the, all the, it ticked all the boxes of what a niche product would be. And it, it wasn't until after that I actually fell in love with the product. But we started <laughs> this because it just was poorly represented online and very much a need product. And it's not like you can just go to your local department store and find wigs or hair for that matter. And so it's it was a need product that was just represented like an online catalog. There was there were websites, but they had just pictures slapped up there, and there was no education, no look and feel. You couldn't, you just couldn't get a good grasp on what you were buying online. And wow. so that's really why we started that. And we did start in my bedroom, as I, my goal was to be able to stay home and have babies and not have to go and you know to an office and. It backfired on us a little bit, but thankfully, because <laughs> there was such backfiring. a need. It was, but there was such a need for it, and I think that um, uh, thankfully it was us that fell in love with the with the product and and this demographic because it's just turned in such a such a a passion for us, mm-hmm. and I I I really think there are so many women out there who've gotten a better experience wearing hair because of the service we provide. I'm really right. thankful for that. Well, I love this. What you let, Let's unpack this idea a little bit because so many people get into this entrepreneurship thing is, oh, do your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. And it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, I mean, it's not like, you know, these things obviously are pretty trite. But, you know, uh, you know, the, the passion that you really started with was my passion is for my family. My passion is to be able sure. to do something that does not hold me down. Um, and so your passion wasn't wigs. And so I love no. that concept because that's really driving based on the passion for values. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about how you've been able to juggle all that being a, a mom and how, uh, you know, it, you, you did win the very prestigious top 100 fast, fastest growing companies in the Dallas yes. Business Journal, and that is an incredible accomplishment. So tell people about how you were able to, like, what, what's your mindset when you were juggling your family and continue to, obviously, but when you were juggling that with small children, what was, what are some of the experiences and thought processes you went through? Well, when, when I started, I started with my goal of, you know, being able to stay home and raise babies, but I had no babies <laughs> at the time. <laughs> um, I just knew that that's what, what I wanted to do. I, entrepreneurism is in my family and I, um, I just, I felt pretty passionate that that's where I was going to go, but I also knew that family was going to be important to me. And the, 
the honest truth is it, it's incredible what the human body can do when you put a load on it. And it just, you just do what you have to do to get the job done. And I had my first child um, two years in, two years in, yes, about two years in. And unfortunately, my marriage didn't last, but the, but I had an amazing kid. But now I'm a single mom juggling a business. And um, that was tough. And thankfully, the business was growing. Um, as you mentioned, we we did get Dallas 100. Or, uh, we grew like we couldn't keep up with the growth, thankfully. That's awesome. Um, and it was those first five years was just fast and furious with a you know little baby, and it was it was challenging. But I think we just as as especially if you're kind of stubborn like me, you just kind of do what you have to do when it mm-hmm. calls for it. Yeah. And so. Um, I've got our company culture is is just amazing. It's it's small still, and it's something that we really strive to keep it relatively small. We're under fifty here in Dallas, um, under twenty five, and in Kansas City where we have our our warehouse un, under twenty as well. And so we're very um, it's very much a team. And it, all through these past years. We've just kind of supported each other. And so right. the juggling just doesn't feel like juggling, I guess, until you stop and think about it like I'm doing right just this minute. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's time Time flies that way. And, um, you know, my dad used to always say, if you do what you love doing, um, that is the definition of success. But I don't believe that it doesn't mean you don't work a day in your life right. because some days <laughs> – that's hard, and it I don't hard. want to come to work, and yeah, mm-hmm. but it's part of it. I have heard you talk quite a bit um, in other interviews about company culture and how important it is for you, and you mm-hmm. did mention this, like, we support each other, you know, we work together. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about um, employee buy-in and how, over time, how you've learned to I- engage employees and how you have been able to get such successful buy-in with your employees. Well, I think because of the the product and the demographic we serve, there there are so many people need based, and even if they're just playing or or just want based buyers, um, we we train and we just practice visualizing everybody as a need based buyer, mm. and that does help because you kind of fall in love with um, the fact that you're making a difference and you help. And I think that's really what does it. I mean, for me, I will, I will, I'll back an employee that makes mistakes all the time if their passion is for the client and for helping and making a difference, mm-hmm. rather than keeping the person that never makes a mistake and could, you know, could not care less right. about, um, you know, the client. They're just here to punch a clock. So I think just through sifting through those people and keeping the other, we've just built an amazing team. Hmm. And everybody really loves what they do for the most part. I mean, we all, all of us, no matter how great your job, some days you're just like, why am I going in today? But <laughs> we, I, I really think we're making a difference and we see it through our social media and we hear, we, we're, we really encourage feedback and hear so much feedback that inspires us, even the bad stuff mm-hmm. that inspires us. Um, so I, I really think that for any company, that buy-in is when you tap into somebody's passion and make them feel like they're making some kind of a difference. Yeah, I love it. But you do have a history of making a difference with charities um, and really more Thank about you. even education 
and and, and providing the kind of support, really, to service-based organizations that seems to be in the DNA, you know, at Wigs.com. So tell us a little bit about that and how you like to partner. Because I do know that, you know, we obviously have a lot of women who listen to this podcast. And we've all had friends who have, you know, who've gone through situations with need-based from cancer and and, and many other um, uh, uh, very difficult journeys. And it Mm -hmm. has been been important to be supportive and to have, um, you know, to have your people around you. So how have you done that from within your company? Um, and how much of that is personal and how much is just, you know, other employees uh, uh, coming up with ideas? Well, it it's, it's really a combination of all of that. F- firstly, um, you know, my dad al- always instilled give back, no matter how much you make this much or this much you give back. And so that's just part of my DNA. But again, I'll loop back to the, and it's, it sounds kind of trite to say, oh, everybody's so passionate about what we do here, but we really are. Mm -hmm. And when you are that way, you have people coming to us, they'll find charities. Um, I tend towards the women and children charities because it is really who we serve for the most part. And we'll get people that will come across something and bring it to, you know, to us and say, look, look at this one. And and we really look at who's starting, you know, again, I, I think passionate people seek out other passionate people. Right. And we go, we look for those charities who are started by passionate people or, or great stories or, you know, sometimes struggling charities that are kind of newer on the, on the scene. Um, so that's really kind of what we look for. And, mm. and we have all kinds of people pitching in on these ideas. Oh, I love that. Now, are you on the road quite a bit as an advocate or as a, you know, an educator or, you know, really promoting, um, you know, being supportive within, you know, within organizations like service-based organizations that are helping people in these need situations? What, what's your day-to-day like as the CEO? Well, I'm not on the road a ton. I do travel a little bit, um, you know, no no more than maybe four or five times a year, I would say, um, mm-hmm. for business. But we do we do so much video, and I, you can just reach so many more people that way. And, um, you know, as you know, as you do it audioly, we, we do the same thing. So it's, it's really about just kind of reaching out um, – and hitting as many people as possible, both on the consumer side and on the back side of our our brands and the manufacturers, and to make sure we keep a good close relationship there and kind of vet the products that we're putting our name on as well. Right, right. How how difficult is that? Let's talk a little bit about the special entrepreneurship that you're in, which is manufacturing. And that is a an entire entirely different sticky wicket, you know, working to develop products and get the right quality. And, you know, how, how hands are on are you with that still to this day with the company? Well, so for the most part, we represent brands that do the manufacturing. And thankfully, as we gain more traction with we, we get it, we have a bigger and bigger audience. And we have a little bit more say with the manufacturers mm-hmm. as to, hey, this doesn't work, or these, this is getting a lot of bad reviews, or, you know, and we have a team in Kansas City that looks through the products. And so we do have some say and influence. Um, lots of influence with how they present their product, thankfully, because with an e-commerce business, 
people can't touch and feel it. So it's only what they see that right. that leaves the impression. And so thankfully, we have a lot of influence with the manufacturers there as well. And then um, we do manufacture some of our own products. And that for me is super fun because, <laughs> um, you know, you just get to kind of run the show, if you will. And I think that we're super blessed here that we get so much feedback from the consumer. So many companies don't really, they, if they make something or sell something, they don't really get that finger on the pulse of the consumer as much um, as as we do. I'm, I'm so thankful for that because that gives us a lot of insight as to what people want. Yeah. Well, you know, this podcast, I do interview a lot of people about market research and insight and surveys and all of that. So tell us what has been you know, how, first of all, how do you get that? You know, how have you guys codified getting that kind of feedback? So do you use surveys? Do you do focus groups with new products? Do you like, tell us all the things you do to get that feedback. Yes, all of that. Um, <laughs> all of that. Yes. Okay. And then we have review, um, of course, reviews for individual products, reviews for how our company is doing. We reach out um, to clients and, and try to figure out where we're getting it right and where we're getting it wrong. Um, we do have focus groups. We, I mean, it's we, pretty much everything we can, we, but we don't buy information from anybody else because mm-hmm. we just really only listen to who's buying straight from us at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Now, has there been one thing that stood out, like where you had a, a very unexpected aha moment, either in a survey or in an actual focus group, or have you ever sat and yes. watched your focus groups? Like, w- mm-hmm. what's one of those interesting? Oh my gosh, moments. So, um, unfortunately, the first one that comes to mind is a negative one. But yes, uh, last year we had a um, a survey with the group, and 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 we were already kind of clued into the fact that the back end, the the returns process, and the um, that back end piece just was really ticking a lot of people mm-hmm. off. And um, you know, nobody wants to hear that their baby's ugly, right? And so I'm hearing that, you know, this is not pretty and we don't like it. And so it really sparked us to take a look at, reevaluate, and completely revamp the back end with the ordering system, the back orders, mainly the 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 returns process and um, really changed things. And that was that was for me an aha moment because we just thought we were doing it right. Right, and right. We were so focused on that front end and what people see and, you know, make sure they get educated and make sure we get the client, you know, connected with the right product and so worried about that front end that it, I, I realized that we had just kept our eye or taken our eye off the ball on the back end. Oh, and that, that kind of puts this back in alignment with your values of saying we're here to be of service you know, to that client who, whether need-based or non-need-based, is coming to us and, and is wanting this this experience. So I love True. taking that insight. And that's what this podcast is about. Is it's like it's it's not all rainbows and unicorns out here no. in <laughs> entrepreneurship. You know, we mm-hmm. have to as as uh, as um, you know owners really listen to the negative feedback. And I do know that a lot of companies. This is a little bit sad. They they spend the money on the insights and they get negative feedback. And sometimes they they are paralyzed to do so something with it. So, you know, it's hard to hear that. Like, you're right that, you know, your baby's ugly. But it's really important to be able to say how, you know, what's this next step? How can we do it? And 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 really to go after that insight for the purpose of making the experience better as quickly as possible. So you guys did a full revamp. Um, what has been some other good 
spend um, of money. I know you shared something very vulnerable about that you, you know, this was something that needs to be fixed, but you fixed it. So what's some of the yes. positive that you've had since, you know, what, what, what are the things that really affirm for you, wow, that was a good spend of money? Oh, well, o- over and over again, I'm seeing the money that we spend in production is smart money because um, it's tough talking to your my CFO and saying, well, hey, we want to spend this much money on production. You can't directly draw a line to, hey, it's going to make us this much money. But over the years, it's made – it's just so apparent. And I think it's what's made us stand out and, and jump ahead so far from everybody else is just the production, the, meaning the videos, the education videos, the product. I'm trying to show this product at – in every angle, you can't be there to touch it and feel it. So our job is to show it to you in a way that you feel like you're almost there to touch it and feel it, right? And so that, um, it's just over and over we hear that that's making the hugest difference. Yeah, everybody wants to see that. I I want to see more video. I have lots of stats that show us, but a lot of companies don't listen to us and do the content. It is expensive, yeah. It's not cheap to do, and it's a hassle, and it, I mean, and it, you know, it can drag down your website. I mean, so there's lots of reasons why you shouldn't, but I would tell you that none of them would outweigh why you should. Mm, I love that. So content marketing, although it is nothing new, but now content and then adding photos and adding, you know, quality, quality pieces that are actually being prescriptive and very overtly helpful Mm -hmm. to clients. We, We preach that all day long, that that's really what people care about. They don't care to go to your website and say, well, I'm a successful entrepreneur started in 1999. They don't care about that. (laughs) They care. uh, You know, how is this product going to make me feel tomorrow when I walk out the door? Am I going to have that confidence? Am I going to have that new experience that I want to have? Yeah, I I love that. And I'm so, honestly, this is really the meat of what I wanted to talk with you about because um, I know that this is a very hard, you know, issue for people to think about in their marketing budget. So what goes into the thought process before you go to the CFO and say, hey, I want this? Do you have a team that really lines out the kind of production, the kind of content you want to put together? Yes, um, we have a great marketing team. Our our CMO is amazing. We've known I've known him when we've worked with him. Um, he was from England and worked in a owned a uh, hair extensions company, very similar to what what we did on a smaller scale. We've known him for over ten years now, and um, somehow convinced him to move to the states and and jump on board with us. And it's been his team and his insight has has been just so amazing. You know, sometimes you're you're in the same place for so long that you forget that your ideas aren't fresh anymore. Mm. And so I I really have loved bringing that person in at such a high level with, with so much trust and the team is super inspired and we just sit down and throw ideas on the table and some things roll off and some things stick and mm-hmm. That's that's really how you do it. And of course, with, you know, when you have an expert with insight on how to do digital marketing and and what's needed, that, of course, makes a huge difference. But (laughs) the content with how you're I mean, you can somebody can know exactly where to market and how to market. But if your content isn't right, 
it's not going to really help you much, is it? Well, it's not going to help you much, and it's also not going to answer the persisting or emerging questions that you're sure. really your ideal client has, and they're going to Google to find. So if you're not writing about it in a way that's really quality and showing, um, mm-hmm. yeah, this tangible product in a way where people could see themselves, insert themselves into your product, I mean, <laughs> then what are we doing? But, well, let me ask Very you true. a little bit about influencers, because you brought that up about how celebrities are helping you, and, and, I, and I'm sure that with even... I mean, let's just take breast cancer for an example. With some of the, uh, you know, with with so much more of this going in mainstream conversation and being less taboo to talk about things like this and care, um, I'm sure that's all helping too because it's normalizing this kind of conversation and making people feel comfortable about it. But I remember even as a kid, I remember the first celebrity that I, that like I remember really talking about wigs and wearing wigs and really, (laughs) funnily enough, advocating for wigs was Raquel Welch. Yes. She, yep. I remember that as a kid. <laughs> That's so funny. Me too. And you want to know funny story? Mm-hmm. So I was, I don't know how old, little. I mean, I don't remember it at all, but um, my mother does and told me about it. So I feel like I remembered it. So they were filming a movie um, out here in West Texas. And my parents took us to see, because my dad just thought she was, you know, so gorgeous. And we went to go see on the set. I'm not sure how we got on there. I don't know details, but I see her and she, and I do remember visions and she picks me up. I don't remember that. She picks me up and talks to me and talks to my mom. And so it's so funny how I meet her. And then of course, all these years later, when I, at about 10, 11 years ago, I meet her again and I tell her about this story. And of course she probably didn't remember, but she was so charming and just, oh, through my fitness years where I just idolized her because of her, you know, her fitness books and what have you. And it's the irony that she's, you know, one of our biggest brands yeah. and she really does care though. She really cares about wigs and how women experience them. And she's, she's not just a face on the box. She's, mm-hmm. she's got passion for it too. Yeah. Well, it, so that's kind of like kind of where the, some of the celebrity stuff starts, but who are some of your true. biggest influencers now? Who, who are, who's really driving the conversation? Well, you know, I mean, um, the Jenners, Kylie Jenner, um, the Kardashian, really, there's so many right now that are, that are wearing wigs and talking about it and, and really promoting them in a way that it's cool and fun. And even in a demographic that's, that you would think is too young to wear them, right? Cause they're, mm-hmm. they're not experiencing hair loss. Although we are losing our hair about 10 to 12 years earlier than we were even 20 years ago. Oh, okay. So now women in their <laughs> women in their mid 30s are losing starting to lose their their your hair growth has gone down by about 35% with in your in your mid to late 30s as to where before it was in your 40s. Wow. And I think it's all the junk we're breathing in and putting in our bodies and there's just mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. um just so much genetically manufactured and and I don't know I just think mm-hmm. we're we're being slowly poisoned but our hair <laughs> is coming out mm-hmm. so much sooner right so it is turning into unfortunately need base a little quicker than normal well you shared with us something a little bit vulnerable about like what what the lesson that you learned but what's one of the things that's really worked you know incredibly well uh for you you know in in marketing in, in getting out there and in increasing your sales like oh, man i'm so glad we did this obviously the video has been a huge deal and and i i think that's incredibly powerful but was there something 
something that happened either on your your um, either through social media or through web traffic that you're like, hey, this this was worth doing, and I'd do it again. Um, well, I think social media has done well for us, and we we started a community um, with influencers that may not have some big name or some huge following, but just influencers of people that that love wigs that are really invested that care that go and look stuff up and share information with us and so we created our goal was to create a community of of people that wanted to just had a place to share Mm -hmm. their experience whether it's good or bad and their feelings their emotions i mean there's so many interesting stories when you go and look at the women in our community and talking about um first time ever wearing a wig finding out their hair is all going to fall out in a, a week or two or having had um thin hair issues for years and their experience of wearing wigs for the first time oddly that they'd never tried it for the, all those years but that community i think has really um that's been I, i'm not sure if that's been this monumental increase in sales but what it has done is it's it's been a platform for us to really not just show that we care but to um kind of act that out in Mm, a way that mm -hmm. that makes a difference Mm -hmm. and so for me that's been a monumental success oh that's cool and it's just like tied to the marketing you can get some marketing benefit but really again coming back to what you said it being values driven absolutely (laughs) these are my values so well i i i totally um appreciate the just the real honest look at at the marketing um but let let's kind of end this on a little bit more personal note you know in your experience in entrepreneurship was there like a piece of really great advice or really a piece of really bad advice? You're like, I'm glad I didn't take it or I did and I regret it. Is there something that stands out, you know, and especially as you think about how you mentor new people, especially new women in, in you know, fields that are serving women, you know, what's something that you wish you either done differently that someone told you about or how, how have you thought through that, uh, the idea of advice? Ah, so um, when you said great, excuse me, when you said great advice, the first thing that came to me was something my dad said a long time ago, and that's, um, I'm going to probably mess up how he said it, but he would just tell me, don't sell. You're not here to sell stuff. You're here to answer a need and questions and make a difference in how you answer those needs. And that made a real difference to me because it's not of course, there's no Red Cross on our door, right? We're here for a profit, but it's not about the selling as much as, um, yeah, there's a there's a corny saying that they say, what is it? People don't care how much you you know unless they know how much you care or right. something like that. <laughs> um, that's pretty much the best piece of advice that I've, that I think has stuck with me because mm-hmm. it does make a difference in how we, present. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to sell, then I think your motive and the road to that sale is very different yeah. than if you're trying to fill a need. And so that's I would say very, that's the best. Yeah, that's very content marketing 101 right there, right? Lead with the value, sure. lead with the how you can help, uh, you know, <laughs> lead with the solution. Um, and then people will follow you. So uh, I, I do know a little bit about you that you're you're pretty avid reader. So is there something that uh, that you're reading right now or you could recommend? Or do, are you a, are you a big business reader? Or are you a personal reader? Um, I do a little bit of both. So um I am one of those people that has maybe three or four books kind of going at the same time, depending mm-hmm. on my mood or where I am. 
Um, Books-wise, um, for business, I would say probably the the not the most recent, but one I really got a lot from um, uh, is what great brands do. Not mm-hmm. sure if you've heard heard yeah, of that one. Uh-huh. Um, Denise Leong, I loved her. I went to a branding um, convention a couple of years back and met her and saw her, and I was just so impressed with her. Just just love what she does. And then I like I like history based books, kind of like historical, but with a, maybe a fiction story woven in so that you can kind of understand that time period a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished a book on um, the the Medici family. Um, I mean, Catherine Medici, she was a, she was a queen and there was just, uh, historically, it just ties things together for me because there's an interesting story that's probably made up and wrapped around there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, cool. I've got Count of Monte Cristo is my favorite book. I probably oh, really? read that now, maybe I've, once I've every actually, year or two. Yeah, I've actually been out there in the French Riviera in the Chateau d'If where he was <gasps> kept, yes, in the dungeon. I'd love to do that. Yeah, it's really, really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great bucket I, list one. Yeah, that was uh, uh, somewhere my parents took me there. I had a lot of uh, really great experiences like that that came from history or museums or something. My parents mm-hmm. were great about those kinds of things. Well, I've got to tell you, Carlise, thank you so much for coming on the show and really thank just being you. willing to tell your story. I think, you know, we we glorify sometimes in our in the society entrepreneurship without really understanding that you know, there's sacrifices you have to make. There's balances. It, it's not a trajectory of just success <laughs> straight no. straight up, but um, a lot of hard work. And I, I really do appreciate just the the spirit, you know, that you you give back with. Um, but please check out wigs.com and take a look there. I will say a shout out for your Instagram. Carly's, I really like how your team actually incorporates not just, you know, shots from, you know, actual from the actual manufacturers, but you incorporate so many photos of real people wearing the wigs. Yes. And it gives so much confidence to say, oh my gosh, this can really look amazing on me. And, you know, other people aren't going to be looking at you strange. And, and, you know, it just really normalizes, I think, the experience. So I could see how for somebody who really needs the product, this would be such a big, uh, such a big boost. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it looks really good. So, well, join um, join them on wigs.com and check it out. Seriously, if you were thinking, what? This, this seems uh, far out there. But people ask us all the time for more entrepreneur stories. And I'm, I'm so happy to be able to highlight another woman who's being successful and doing it um, in a values base. So, Carlise, thank you so much for coming on Ponderings from the Perch. Thank you so much, Priscilla. So, from all of us, the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, thanks for listening and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.